Zara, I am so excited to talk about today's sponsor. It's the new film, Challenges. It's from the director of Call Me By Your Name, Luca Guadagnino, and stars and is produced by none other than our girl Zendaya. Yeah, you know I love her. You love her too. I love her so much. Zendaya plays Tashi Duncan, a former tennis prodigy turned coach who is married to a Grand Slam champion, currently on a losing streak. And if that's not bad enough, Tashi's strategy to help her husband break his curse sort of takes a surprising and awkward turn. Hmm, awkward indeed. Because now he must face off against his former best friend and Tashi's ex-boyfriend, Patrick. Zara, the tensions are running high. I know. Tashi's someone who makes no apologies for her game on and off the court. It's her game, her rules, but with her past and present colliding, Tashi must face reality and ask herself, what will it cost to win? Challenges is the sexy drama that everyone's talking about and it's definitely not one you want to miss. It's about passion, friendship and what happens when your past comes back to challenge you. You can grab a ticket from Tuesday the 26th. So grab your friends and get excited. I will be grabbing you and we are definitely going to be going to watch it. Oh, please. Thank you so much to Challenges for making this episode of Shameless Possible. Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You are joined, as always, by Melbourne writers Michelle Andrews and Zara McDonald. Hello, Zara McDonald. Hello, producer Annabelle Lee. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Coming up on today's show, what the hell is going on with Balenciaga and that BDSM ad campaign? Sean Mendes might be dating his much older chiropractor. Pete Davidson definitely wants us to think he's dating Emrata, or Emrata wants us to think he's dating <laughs> Pete Davidson. Channel 10's latest reality show is also its latest flop, and then we finally return to the shameless mailbag. It is time. It's been a while. What to do about your friend's incredibly messy social media activity. But first, Michelle, welcome back. How was your week? How are you? I am so good. I've had the best two weeks. I missed you guys, of course. By the way, Annabelle, fabulous job last week. It Didn't was a delight. Did she do wonderfully? It simply wasn't the same without you. Oh, <laughs> it wasn't. You guys absolutely smashed it. I thought you did such a good job, Annabelle, and I know the listeners all agree. So amazing job last week. Thank no, you. I had an incredible wedding, incredible honeymoon, just like the best time ever. It all feels like a happy, blurry dream. And that's exactly what you want. Yeah. Will you give us, we usually say in the office peak or pit, but let's not do pits. Oh. Let's just do peaks. Peaks. Okay, one peak was driving into the ceremony in the car with my mum and dad yeah. and seeing everyone the way that we drove Wasn't into that, the... I've never seen that before. Well, it was we dramatic. haven't explained what happened, but <laughs> we sort of drove... I thought that people arrived to the ceremony quite inconspicuously. Yeah, like as in the bridal party yeah. or the bridesmaids and the yeah. bride. Yeah, no, same. I had no idea that but we were doing it that way. Explain whatsoever. what actually happened. Well, first of all, we got locked out of the gardens. Yes. Where we were getting married was like the Botanic Gardens in Melbourne. There are multiple different gates. We got locked out of the gate we were supposed to go through. I think we then went through a different gate. Like the plan changed. That was also locked. Then we were waiting there for ages, waiting for someone to let us in. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there being like, 
I'm late to my own wedding. But everyone's always late to their own wedding. Isn't yeah. that what you're meant to do? Yeah, I know. But then I was looking at the sky being like, it's blue sky, let's That's do this. That's what I was feeling. I was like, you know what? If it's not raining, let's just go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. a thousand percent because the weather was so touch and go. Anyway, actually sitting there with my parents and the beautiful car driver that we had was a really lovely experience. And then driving in and we actually like saw all of you, Annabelle, like at the ceremony. Were you guys seeing us? I seeing saw you? the car and I was like, I think that's Michelle. <laughs> everyone turned around and looked like everyone turned around and pointed because you could see the car. Yeah. And I brought it up with Ollie later being like, how dramatic was the whole thing? And he goes, oh, I didn't see that at all. Like, I was like, There was a bit of bush covering you, to be fair. There was a bush covering me. Thank you to that bush. But I loved that moment with my parents. But then actually walking down the aisle, I thought I would be shitting myself. I thought I'd be so nervous, so anxious, like hating the whole experience looking at my feet. I actually loved walking down the aisle. It was the most serene I've ever felt. Isn't that great? I wonder why that is. Because so many people put so much emphasis on it. Also, we've had conversations in the past about how deeply embarrassing it is to have that yeah. many people looking at you. <laughs> like, but you didn't seem embarrassed at all. I loved it. No, I had the best time. My other peak of the wedding would be Mitch's best man, Tom, gave this incredible <laughs> speech. He had a very creative speech lined up and he delivered it to perfection and he got a standing ovation from the entire room and I had never seen that at a wedding before that a speech gets a standing ovation he did very well he completely stole our thunder and I'm stoked (laughs) well shout out to Tom Connolly if you're listening this will be the real test does he listen to the show because the show got a few shout outs in that speech too oh we got lots of shout outs in the speeches so an extra 170 listeners (laughs) we probably should have already been listening but that is okay too 100% I have two quick recommendations Go for your life. This week. My first is I have an update on Mr. Mercedes and it's wrapped in a recommendation. I would love one. First of all, thank you to all the listeners. We had not only listeners who park in the same car park as me reach out saying, please get to the bottom of this because it has been ruining people's brains for the better part of a year, (laughs) apparently. So many listeners reached out and said, I'm in the same suburb as you guys. I also want answers. So thank you for those who reached out with the same dilemma. We had others reach out, say, girls, he's probably just accumulating old fines or he's putting an old fine up. And he wasn't. He wasn't. (laughs) It was a fresh. Obviously, we looked into that before taking it to the show. It was a fresh fine every day. Then the third camp of listeners gave us the answer we want. The third camp of listeners started sending us a Channel 9 article from 2019 titled The Bullying Tactic Car Park Finds People Don't Have to Pay. Now, my mind is blown about this because my work car park, our work car park, is a private car park. There are different private companies around the country. I'm not going to say that this is fact. I'm just going to say what the Channel 9 article says. I think that's fine. Take it as you will. This article says... Lawyers say these car park fines are not enforceable and the best thing to do if you get one is ignore it. So we had this conversation though on the mic when you brought it up, right? And I was like, I get the idea that sometimes you don't have to pay. My understanding was that they still could come in and just clamp your car, whether that's legal or not, right? Because I have heard of people doing that and I think that's still my fear is whether or not they're allowed to, I have still heard of these private companies clamping your car. According to this, no. They and the won't. advice in this article is don't is pay them. You d- uh, not only I don't pay them, so many Zara of these saying, over the years. Don't pay them is the advice in this article. Don't pay them and do not try and argue it with them. 
they actually don't have any of your details. So they can't get your address. They have no way to contact you to chase up this fine. Apparently they can't clamp you. Again, I'm just going by the article and what people have I written online. I just feel like they do clamp you, but I don't know if that's wrong. Well, I don't know why. Maybe this particular company is so big that people have actually chased them down for doing things like that. Yeah. And this article and the lawyers quoted in this article say it's all a bullying tactic. You don't need to do anything. Just ignore it well, is then- the advice. Mr. Mercedes man is so clever. He's smarter than I am. Yeah. Yeah, and here are we thinking that he was an idiot. The only thing that confuses me is like, oh, maybe this is going to sound really dumb. It's like, you know, they, they do own the land. I, w- I feel a bit bad paying nothing yeah, to park too. on there. I don't, I mean, we're rule followers. So maybe for there us, is, yeah. the anxiety of feeling like I'm doing the wrong thing and not paying my way. I do think they they charge extortionately, but maybe yes. they charge so extortionately because we're covering for everybody else that's not paying. <laughs> yeah. So we're paying like four cars worth of imagine parking. If like, imagine if like 30% of these people just aren't paying because they know this rule. I mean, now I'm spreading it everywhere. Maybe the car parks are all going to be gone because everyone's just taking them for free. Yeah, which would be a disaster. <laughs> actually have nowhere to park. So this actually might not be the good thing we think it is. What's your other recommendation? My other recommendation is on my honeymoon. I read Lessons in Chemistry by... By Bonnie Garmus and it is just a really wonderful book. I think it's the kind of book you just need to lean into. You need to accept the kind of sappier, more saccharine parts of it. I never would have gone for a book with this title. I felt like Lessons in Chemistry felt a little naff, a little too sugary perhaps, yeah. but it was the perfect time. It's just the science, <laughs> just to be honest. I think it's the, the whole vibe you get from the book and the blurb on the back of the right, book right. kind of gives you the no. impression of, hmm, is this a little too... Well, we've had it on our desk for a long time and neither of us have picked it up. No, I took it on the honeymoon. I'm glad I did. It was a really sweet, lovely book. It gave me a similar vibe to A Man Called Uva. So wholesome. I loved that book. It gave me a slightly similar vibe to that. So I also recommend that. There you go. Yeah. What about you? How was your week? Good. I just can't stop thinking about White Lotus. Like I actually cannot stop thinking about it. And I have to say, joke's on me because I think the smartest thing they could have done is release it weekly because it's literally all I'm thinking about. Yeah. And the camaraderie that comes with everyone watching it at the same time every week and then coming into work and talking about it. I just, I know I recommended it earlier. I know we've recommended it multiple times on the show. (laughs) If you are not watching it, you need to fucking watch it. I also can't stop watching like theories on TikTok about what's going to happen. Yeah. And my partner Ollie is losing his mind because he keeps saying, spoilers, spoilers. I'm like, (laughs) theories aren't the same as spoilers. It's not fact. That's what I keep saying. I'm like, hang on. I don't know what's happening either. These people don't know what's happening either. (laughs) Like you can listen to the theories and they not be spoilers. Does he say that to his own brain as he's watching when his brain is like, oh, does this don't get too cool. (laughs) Don't get too smart. Spoiler. Spoiler. It is amazing though. I binged three episodes last night with Mitch. It is so good. And given they're an hour long, we ended up watching three hours worth in one sitting. I, I just can't speak highly enough. That's actually not my recommendation at all, but I just... It's what I've been doing all week is just been thinking about it. It deserves the shout out. My recommendation this week, I'm going to scooch over real quick because, you know, I think it's a bit more of a niche one and I know it might not be a crowd favourite, but that's okay. <laughs> I have to be honest with what I've been consuming. I have been listening to an audiobook called The Successor by Patty Manning, which is a biography of Lachlan Murdoch. Oh my <laughs> God. Michelle's face then just fell. It's all I've been listening to, so I didn't know what else to recommend. Of because course, this is your I, recommendation. I appreciate that like a lot of people listening to this might not be 
like jumping out of their seats ready to listen to this. Um, <laughs> and I do them. tend to recommend some things sort of in this vein. No, you yeah. and the Burdock family never. I they're fascinating. I think they're like so fascinating and a bit crazy. And I think, you know, Lachlan Murdoch is going to eventually take over from Rupert Murdoch. I can't see that being that far away. So why not learn more about him? Mm. Is, it, <laughs> is it called the successor because succession? Yeah, the they're TV leaning show. into the succession mm. thing. For sure. Both, both him being the succession plan and the television show succession. I'm really, really enjoying it. Again, I can't recommend listening to it via audiobook more as well because okay. there are like, there are certainly drier parts where you're talking like about pretty dense business things. Um, <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. You understand? She doesn't understand why I love them so much. How many times on this show are you have I recommended something Murdoch related? Vaguely Murdoch related. I do need to make it clear I don't like them. (laughs) I'm fascinated by them. They're all nuts. That should be clear. Anyway, it can get a bit dense and business related when we're talking about mergers and then buying other companies. So listen, No, really? No, so listen to the audiobook. There will be, I guarantee, I will get at least five messages Congrats. after this of people who will listen and love it. You know what you need? What? A Murdoch spin-off podcast. I'm so happy for there you to are, have your own your own podcast where you can dive into them, them every better. week. Vanity Fair did a great one. <laughs> <laughs> if you want any other Murdoch media related content, I've honestly got it all. I've got all the recommendations. Anyway, that oh is my, my genuine God. recommendation this week. I could not lie. Oh, I might have something a bit more sugary next week. Oh, great. We would absolutely love that. Thank you so much. Should we jump into the quick and dirty? Yeah, let's do it. I don't know who's doing what. Oh, I think we just go back and forth these days, but I feel like I haven't given you a middle name in a long time. All so right. Zara um, Murdoch McDonald. There nice. we go. There we go. I just want to make it clear. We don't support them. My just for the hundredth time. My first story: Kim Kardashian reevaluating Balenciaga relationship over child images. That is from the Washington Post, and I have no doubt that a lot of our listeners would have seen these headlines around this week. It's a pretty layered story, and there's a lot to it, Mish. So we're going to unpack it right now. Yeah, we're actually going to take everyone through the timeline because I think as with many big celebrity and pop culture controversies there are so many moving parts and it kind of simmers for a long time before it explodes into the mainstream media so let us take you back to when this began it was actually two weeks ago on november 16 balenciaga released material for its gift shop campaign now essentially to me anyway this just seems like a ad campaign for Balenciaga knickknacks that you might buy for like <laughs> Christmas presents. Knickknacks. I'm sure they'd be stoked with you calling their designer stuff knickknacks. I'm sorry, someone actually said you the know word what? fibbing got- on this show last week. So knickknacks <laughs> and fibbing. She listened. No, they do have bigger issues than you calling them knickknacks. So <laughs> let's get to those yeah. issues. They really do. Anyway, it was stuff like homeware products, petware, scent stuff that had the Balenciaga logo attached to it. All adult products. Now, adult products, including plush bears donned in BDSM fetish wear, harnesses, that kind of ilk. Now, what's inexplicable is that the advertisement material was coupling two things, these very adult gifts and children. In fact, the only models appearing in this campaign for Balenciaga's gift shop were young children, children that looked to be maybe three or four years old. They were dressed in Balenciaga's clothes and posing with the BDSM teddy bears. 
just like incredibly confusing more than anything to be like, what were you trying to do here? Confusing and disgusting. Oh, yeah, like, why? beyond. Like, like just why? odd, like really odd, odd decisions. Now, people, as you might suspect, were outraged naturally beyond being like a completely incongruous marketing technique. It is just gross. Mm. Now, TV stations like Fox in the US started talking about the images, social media platforms like Diet Prada, who's often at the forefront of this kind of fashion commentary, also started talking about it. Yeah, a week later on November 23, the backlash had become so intense that the campaign was pulled from Balenciaga's website. Now, the brand issued a statement after pulling down the campaign that partially read, our plush bear bags should not have been featured with children in this campaign. We have immediately removed the campaign from all platforms. The photographer who took those images also had to issue a statement. He started getting death threats. He essentially said the set design and creative concept was Balenciaga's domain. He purely came in to do lighting and to capture the content. Whether or not you think that's a valid excuse and that he should have been associated with this at all is up to you. But things were about to get even worse for Balenciaga because as soon as they issued that statement apologizing for the gift shop holiday campaign, other people online were starting to notice other images on Balenciaga's website. Now, these images were from a completely different advert with a completely different photographer and creative team behind them, although they were equally disturbing, you might say. Yeah. Now, this time it was ads for the brand's spring 2023 collab with Adidas. And the photos were also on the website at the same time, mm. right? So people are going back and digging, as you said, Mish. And the Balenciaga and Adidas photos are perhaps just as inexcusable. In my opinion, absolutely just as inexcusable. Eagle-eyed sleuths zoomed in on the shots to look at the details. And so these photos were set in a sky-rise office environment. And when you zoom into the documents that Balenciaga and Adidas products were set on top of, you notice that some of these documents that were trying to make it look like an office environment actually concerned themselves with the matter of child sexual abuse material and child pornography. For example, in one image, a Balenciaga Adidas handbag sits on top of a 2008 Supreme Court document ruling on child pornography laws. Just like completely awful. I don't even have words for how this happened happened yeah. or why it happened. Like as Balenciaga are apologizing for the BDSM teddy bears, they're then having to start pulling down and apologizing for the completely unrelated office scene photos. On the office scene photos, they quickly issued another statement writing online, we take this matter very seriously and are taking legal action against the parties responsible for creating the set and including unapproved items from our spring 23 campaign photo shoot. We strongly condemn abuse of children in any form. We stand for children's safety and well-being. Two days after that, they filed a $25 million lawsuit against the external set designer and production company they deem responsible for those office scene images and the company that kind of provided that Supreme Court filing to be used in the photo shoot. According to Balenciaga, they were told all props used in those office scene photos were fake. They were told they were all kind of mock documents. That wasn't the case. These were real court documents that were used. So Balenciaga is trying to pursue damages against the prop company. Yeah. And I think for me, I was like, goodness like what are the chances truly of these stories both coming out in the same week like naturally people go and sleuth but it is baffling to me that no one would have picked up these documents to see what was on them if they were being so central to a shoot like 
Yeah. They were very central to some of these photos. A bag's being laid on top of this document. Like the document is the background As and it's about child zo- pornography. I'm just more confused that there aren't people that are zooming in on stuff. Like I know this is not the same thing, but whenever we're like filming in the office, I'm constantly looking at my laptop screen in the background to be like, what is on that? Like as if you're not constantly conscious of the images you're putting into the world. Yeah, which makes the question pretty obvious next. Was this deliberate? Like can this be an accident? Can you actually go through this with the number of checks and balances that a brand like Balenciaga would have? Is it an accident to do this? Is this a ploy for publicity and attention? And if that's the case, what does that say about a brand like How Balenciaga? Can, I think, and I don't know maybe if this is my naivety, but I, I truly don't believe that this at all could be for PR or attention. I can't possibly believe that this is not just a whole bunch of people who are reckless and who probably didn't do their jobs. I just cannot fathom a brand wanting this to be part of their brand. But then the teddy bears. I'm like, I know, that's the confusing thing. I don't know. Who decided, let's put BDSM fetish wear on a teddy bear and then advertise it next to a child? Then the other thing is like, it can't really be a coincidence, can it? Like like what kind of edgy story, edgy, and I have that in inverted commas, by the way, are you trying to tell? Like, what is the strategy here? Now, as you can imagine, people were starting to look to the famous faces associated with Balenciaga, most notably Kim Kardashian, who's worked with the brand in an incredibly high profile capacity for a number of years now. On Monday, she issued a statement of her own writing on Twitter, as a mother of four, I've been shaken by the disturbing images. The safety of children must be held with the highest regard and any attempts to normalize child abuse of any kind should have no place in our society, period. I appreciate Balenciaga's removal of the campaigns and apology. In speaking with them, I believe they understand the seriousness of the issue and will take necessary measures for this to never happen again. Mm, she continued, as for my future with Balenciaga, I am currently reevaluating my relationship with the brand, basing it off of their willingness to accept accountability for something that should have never happened to begin with and the actions I'm expecting to see them take to protect children. We're yet to hear from another of Balenciaga's extremely famous ambassadors that is nicole kidman who not only walked in a show for them recently but posted a campaign with them just last week she hasn't weighed in on this at the time of recording i do have one question for you before we move on to the next story i did see julia fox who you guys spoke a lot Mm -hmm. about last week put out a tiktok video last night saying why are we going for the women involved at all kim kardashian shouldn't have to say anything on this we should hold the male photographers and male creative directors at fault and kind of to account for this kind of stuff. I wonder, do you agree with that? Or do you think if you are a celebrity making bank off a big brand, you actually should be weighing in on this and it's fair enough for the public to put pressure on you to do so? I probably sit somewhere in the middle. Mm. I think that, yeah, there is some expectation that if that's a brand that you've associated with, I think you probably have to acknowledge it in some way, shape or form. I think, and this is the other thing we touched on last week in the episode, the emphasis we put on people speaking, particularly women. Mm. And it's not just emphasis on speaking. We demand them to speak so aggressively that it's almost like we're laying blame with them. I think that's the attitude we take. Yes, I think they should absolutely speak, but I flatly refuse to accept the fact that half the people who are asking Kim Kardashian to speak want her to speak. I reckon they're asking her to speak because they want to blame her for it too. Yeah, they're trying to pin it to her. And it is interesting. And I think we do that with women. 
statement for yeah. sure. Well, she actually issued two different statements. The one we read out to you was the more forcefully worded one that she followed up with. The yeah. first one had very slight tweaks in wording, but you're right. We don't only expect them to weigh in. We expect them to say it in a perfect way, according to us. Yeah. It's like, I'll script it for you. You say it. Yeah. I just, I need you to see, I need you to put it out into the world. Yeah. I don't agree with Julia Fox, but I'm not going to slam her either for saying it. Cause I, I can kind of see what she means. Yeah, I agree. Our second story, Sean Mendez keeps things casual as he enjoys lunch with his chiropractor in LA. That is from the Daily Mail. Now, guys, if the rumor mill is anything to be believed, singer Sean Mendez appears to have moved on from Camila Cabello, Queen of Quizmos. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What? what? I don't understand. Quizmos. I think I saw us post something Mary about Quizmos. it. On our- <laughs> <laughs> She'll be home for Quizmos. <laughs> I saw us post something about this in shit posts while I was away and I looked at it being like what (laughs) she sung a cover of a Christmas song and she sung it as my TikTok algorithm tells me in cursive so instead of saying I'll be home for Christmas she goes I'll be home for Quizmore people do some singers do that they just change the sound of words and then everyone's like oh I didn't know that she was dating Chris Moyes. Like, oh, he became... is home for croissants. <laughs> yeah, like... I take one week off this show and I'm completely out of the loop. It was good. Anyway, so Sean is no longer with Camila Cabello and it looks like at least he is romantically involved with his much older chiropractor, Dr. Jocelyn Miranda. Now, to be clear... These are all murmurings for now. Smoky gossip. But, I mean, I would say a step beyond smoky gossip because I don't know if I'm walking arm in arm down the street with my dentist. Like, do you know what I mean? (laughs) Do you go to the dentist enough to have I actually have recently reappeared at the dentist and can you tell I'm feeling good about it? What was the year gap between you going to the dentist? I think you, I think I told everyone... Four years, it was but seven, I think wasn't it? I think it's what I think when people say I haven't been to the dentist in X amount of years, you add three. Yes, yeah, <laughs> always. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I'm not. I'm not skipping down the street with any health practitioner that I see either. That said, they do seem like close friends. Like if you stalk Jocelyn Miranda on Instagram, like we did yesterday, they have been posting together for years. So there is still a possibility that they're really good mates. Now, some news sites miss are running with the fact that Jocelyn Miranda's age is fifty. To be clear, we couldn't actually work out where they got that from. So I'm going to say 50 with an asterisk to be like, we can't actually fact check that and we want to be self-aware about that. According to her website, she's been practicing as a Cairo for over 20 years, which I would say puts her in the ballpark of mid 40s at, at least, least. Yeah. yeah gotta be meanwhile sean mendez is 24 years old so regardless it looks like there's probably at least a 20 year age gap here now it's one of those weird stories for sure but also i agree with you zara maybe it does go beyond smoky gossip maybe that's understating it because when you even look back through jocelyn miranda's instagram page she clearly has a lot of affection for Sean Mendes. Yes. And like this dates back years ago. Some of the photos of them together on her page, even when he was connected with Camila Cabello, seem very amorous, I would say. Like they clearly have a lot of affection there. But then maybe, so then maybe they're not dating. Maybe this is just how they walk down the street together. Like with your mum? I don't know. <laughs> like I'm trying to think like if I was with one of my male friends walking down the street, would I be caught like caught? <laughs> <laughs> Would I be, could I be papped in a friendly scenario that would look like we're closer than we are? I don't, I mean, I don't think I I could. Maybe a a hug, like I hug my guy friends, but do I wrap my arm around their waist or something walking down the street getting coffee? I would like rub their back or something. (laughs) I don't know. 
not rub the back, like like just sort of rustle the back, maybe. You, you would, so wait, Hang on. set the scene for me. So you're walking down the street with Oliver, your fiance, and a male friend, and you're rubbing the male friend's back. No, not back. right. I could imagine with my old, old friends, and Ollie would be there for one of them. You know when you like kind of go arm in arm and you sort of like. like Link arms. Like you grab, someone grabs their shoulder, like someone oh, grabs your shoulder yeah. and you sort of grab the back of them and you're like. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hand above nipple height. Yes. Oh, absolutely. But my arm would be at the lower back. That's weird. No, because <laughs> you kind of just like yeah. No, I can picture it. You know, they're taller than you, so oh, they've got yeah. their arms. You are you are small. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. a pocket rocket. I'm. T- I am a pocket rocket. <laughs> anyway, I can imagine that. So all I want to do is give them the benefit of the doubt. But that said, very close for a Cairo patient dynamic. The other thing that's very interesting here is she is like very very close with Haley Bieber. And if anyone has listened to our four part scandal series <laughs> on Justin, Selena, Haley, which I am hoping is everyone listening today, they would know that Haley and Sean had a thing that we're not sure if was PR or not. Yeah. Well, it seems like Jocelyn Miranda is Cairo to the stars. She's not just besties with Haley. She's now besties with Justin, obviously, Haley's husband as well. But also she works with Kendall Jenner and Post Malone. Her entire profile is just like this glittery celebrity space. Yeah. Interesting woman. I'm curious to see if anything comes from this. Yeah, I I just want to know if this is one of those scenarios where it's like you versus the girl he told you not to worry about. Yes. Like oh. imagine if Camilla was like that. She's giving you back rubs. It's like Dora Hodal, she's just my car. <laughs> well, maybe not. <laughs> I was going to say a tale as old as time, but I'm like, not really. Not really at <laughs> all. Never heard literally anything no. like this before. <laughs> no. Our third story. On the rebound, Pete Davidson and Emily Ratajkowski spotted together at Nick's game. That is from page six. Spoiler alert. We hate this story. I'm angry. <laughs> so angry. People love this story. Why no, do people love this people story? People sent us this story so much and I don't think they realised how fired up I feel about it. <laughs> I mean, probably irrationally so. Now, in case you missed it, Pete Davidson and Emrata were spotted together at a Knicks game on Sunday night. It was their first public appearance as a rumoured <laughs> couple. Blah. Like, sorry. You can't vom on Mike. I'm not talking about them at all. I would love them to be get together legitimately. I'm blaring at the fact that they take us as fools. She doesn't like the obviousness. I'm mm. like, be a bit more subtle about it. Like sitting front row at Madison Square Garden at a basketball game on a Sunday. Like, give me a break. We know what you're doing. It's also like been days since they were rumoured to be on their you're first not, date together. You're not going to the most public spot no. in the entire world. If they were actually dating, they'd be hanging out at home for like three months before we saw them. I also was annoyed, I think, initially when these rumours broke because once we watched the footage of them going on that first date, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have watched it, but it's of them going into an apartment building and someone on their iPhone zooming through the window as they're like hugging in the hallway. Mm. And I'm just like, there is no way that wasn't set up. Like, there's no way. Now, this whole thing I'm just finding deeply embarrassing if I've got to be honest and I do have to be self-aware about this I think we are to blame I think all of us you and me or just the public the public oh yeah I think we told them that this is what we wanted and they thought let's tee something up this is good for your brand good for mine and they've taken it a step too far Mm. now even more embarrassing to me this photo initially (laughs) sorry I I don't I don't know why. I don't like it either, but you... I just like, I think because they were in my good graces and like, now they're not. I think for Pete Davidson, well, Emrata... Emrata's done some questionable things recently. She wasn't in my good graces recently. Pete Davidson, I think he was on this track record. Everyone's like, he's doing amazing. Mm. And now it actually makes me put everything else into question because you're clearly setting this stuff up. Now, I think what was even funnier is so the Knicks uploaded a photo of them 
on their Instagram page. And like, I was deeply embarrassed about the way that the basketball teams tried to get in on the action in the comment section. I don't know if you guys saw this. I'm just trying to get a bit of engagement now. Yeah, they were trying to do their own proper little branding thing. And I was like, absolutely not. The Denver Nuggets commented on the Knicks photo. Can you ask them if it's official? The Knicks replied, would, but they're busy with a confused face. <laughs> the Atlanta Hawks commented, we need more info. And then the Knicks wrote back, literally saying, literally sorry, same. I don't know who I'm more embarrassed for, those basketball teams and their social media managers or M&P. Do you reckon this type of shit would affect Pete Davidson's stand-up career? Like, I feel like we never even talk about Pete Davidson's stand-up anymore. We're talking yeah. about the women he's romantically involved with. I don't know. I've struggled to find him as funny if he's going to be doing these PR relationships left, right and centre. I agree with you. I think it's a little embarrassing. Yeah, I want to know. Let's poll them tomorrow on Your Say Friday. How do you actually feel about this? Or are we a bit too outraged over something we, that we don't need to be outraged about? Are we grumpy or are we hungry? I, I might just be a bit hungry. I actually, <laughs> truthfully, it's 9.03 that we're recording and I am hungry for 9.03. Like, yeah. it's pretty early in the day to be this hungry. Anyway, coming up after the break, we are opening the shameless mailbag. But before we get there, we need to talk about an out-of-touch influencer and then we're going to talk about why Channel 10 has bumped the challenge. But first, a word from today's sponsor. Our fourth story. People are calling an influencer out for an out-of-touch TikTok where she said she was going to a luxury hotel because her hot water stopped working. That is from BuzzFeed. Alrighty, team. This is my favourite story of the week, I think. A luxury lifestyle influencer from the UK by the name of Lydia Millen has found herself the centre of quite the social media storm this week after she posted a TikTok announcing that she'd be staying, as the headline said, at a five-star hotel because the heating in her house was broken. I'm going to play you a snippet of what she said. The heating is currently broken in my house, so I'm heading down to London, I'm checking into the Savoy, and I'm going to make full use of their wonderful hot water. So let's get ready for the day. My Intimacy Me base layer is already on, so I'm going to start the outfit off with my Black Watch Serafina London dress. Next up is a pair of 80 denier tights from Chalcedonia. I'm cold. <laughs> now, I think the other thing that's probably important to note in this TikTok is that she was wearing an outfit that cost more than $30,000 and the Savoy's room start at about $1,000. Yeah. Money is dripping from this video. Now, Lydia's brand on TikTok is extremely popular, but also proper. Like it's very prim and British. Yeah. It's like her and her husband have branded themselves as like the ultimate English countryside couple. Mm. Like they wear jodhpurs and vests instead of tracksuits around the house. They often look like they're about to go horse riding or she often talks about her horses or talks about what car she's going to drive and it's often like an Aston Martin. <laughs> yes, it's just like money. Now, when I saw this initially, I thought, okay, this is not the best. It was not very self-aware. The UK is currently experiencing like a cost of living crisis, particularly around the price of energy. It is an all-time high. So this has been a really central part of conversations over mm. the UK. And I thought, you know what? It's pretty clunky and it lacks a bit of self-awareness, but I definitely thought fixable. I thought this can be fixed. Yeah. I thought this could be fixed with a good apology and some good self-awareness. <laughs> Lydia did not fix this. <laughs> she started replying to some comments on the TikTok and the TikTok has since been deleted. And not 
the greatest comments I've ever seen. <laughs> here's some examples, if you'll allow us. Someone commented, and here's me, the heating's off because I can't afford to put it on. To which she replied, my heart breaks too. It's honestly heartbreaking. I just hope you know other people's realities can be different and that's not wrong. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just, just, come on, read me the next one. Okay, another person commented. <laughs> I love how she's going to the Savoy because her heating is broken and we're just wearing hoodies because we can't afford to turn it on. To which Lydia replied, I hope you know it's not my fault though. <laughs> Oh my god! Okay, sad face emoji. Okay, <laughs> this is my. Pers- it's not my fault. I'm so filthy rich. <laughs> this is probably my favorite one. I haven't been home to see my dad since August because I can't afford the train tickets back from uni without living off plain pasta and rice for two weeks, which I am doing. To which Lydia replied, "Sorry, I was exactly the same at uni. Sad face, but it's also such a fun time. I wish, on, I, wish I had enjoyed those years more." I actually just want to sink under this table. Like, can we focus? Can we focus in on? I wish I had enjoyed those years more. Uni's so fun. <laughs> Why are you not like enjoying uh, eating plain pasta and rice for two weeks more? Oh, all right. And we've got one more. Someone said, I love you and your content, but my boiler is currently broken and I'm wearing three jumpers. She replied, we have been the same over the weekend because we gave the dogs the <laughs> up. Out of I love this woman. They gave the heating to She's the She's crafting the worst possible response. I actually think I've got to say, I've never seen a worse crisis response in my entire time of doing this job. It is so funny. It's an interesting one, though, because I feel like aspiration influences, which she definitely falls in this camp, they're rewarded over and over again for living these like extremely luxe yeah. lifestyles. So I truly think... This is a woman who's built a following, a huge following, over the exact kind of things that she was posting in that video. She's clearly never had to deal with backlash to that. She's been positively reinforced over and over again. Aspiration culture on TikTok is massive. She's clearly just been bolstered and bolstered by posting this excessive wealth. She clearly had no idea, like no clue what to do when she got a little bit of pushback because of that. Yeah, I agree with that. Cause she thought, well, this is the thing that has got my audience. Why are my audience now turning on me for this it? This is what you love me for. Yeah, look, I have to say, I'm now addicted to watching her videos. So some oh. people are saying that this is a PR stunt. Again, I just, I don't really think it is a PR stunt, but I, I, I don't think it's bad for her audience. Cause I certainly hadn't watched her videos as much as I have this week. Cause mm. I'm now very intrigued. Yeah, look, I don't think it's great for her brand, but I agree with you. I think in the long run, more people might follow her or take an interest. Yeah, 100%. Our fifth story. Third new 10 reality show underperforms as the challenge. Bump to later time slot. That is from news.com.au. Yeah, Channel 10 has been forced to bump reality show The Challenge to a later time slot after it failed to pull anything close to a good enough performance. Now, this is according to TV Black Box. They are like the go-to when it comes to how TV shows are performing across the country. Yeah, 100%. Now, news.com has reported that the show hit a season low of just 136,000 city metro viewers last Tuesday night. So not the Tuesday night from two days ago, the week before that. So the show had only premiered a week before they made the call to move the show 
On Monday, most recent Monday, it aired the show at that later time slot with a double episode airing ostensibly <laughs> to kind of churn through the content. I mean, the thing about this show is they were really selling it on having a lot of Aussie famous faces, a lot of former reality stars, but it is just simply not performing, mm. nor are tens of other reality shows, Mish. No, they've had so many shit shows lately. They had The Traders and The Love Boat, which absolutely bombed and underperformed as well. It's interesting. Channel 10 seems to be going through another crisis. I know that they had that cash injection a few years ago and everyone thought that they were saved. This they, feels, yeah, dire. They're turning out terrible show after terrible show. I don't know if you guys have also seen the promo for The Bachelors, which is airing in Jan. Terrible. That's is it also going straight looks, to streaming? I don't think so. I think they're running it on Channel 10. But I haven't seen I, it anywhere. I am worried for them. The fact that also, the project we spoke about last week is falling oh, apart. It's, the whole thing is falling apart. The fact that the Challenge Australia could not get up with the number of Married at First Sight stars, Love Island stars, Bachelor stars that they had on there. The fact no one's talking about it, no one's really watching it. I do think the network's in very dire straits because they used to appeal to young people. And I can't remember the last thing I watched on Channel 10. Yeah, I agree with that. Our sixth and final story, Benefer Forever. Jennifer Lopez says new album is about Ben Affleck reunion. That is from Rolling Stone. Yeah, on Friday, J-Lo announced a new record called This Is Me, dot, 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 now, which is a sequel to her 2002 album, This Is Me, dot, 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 then. Makes sense. Sure. 20 years on, she's writing a sort of sequel album to the one she wrote in 2002. Now, she has said that the writing of this album has been inspired by the rekindling with the love of her life, one Ben Affleck. Now, for context, her 2002 album, This Is Me Then, was dedicated to Ben Affleck. They had started dating just before its release. Her relationship with him served as the main inspiration for the album and it was hardly subtle. Like in the disc jacket, you know when you used to get CDs and they had like the disc jacket, she wrote to him, you are my life, my sole inspiration for every lyric, every emotion, every Oof. bit of feeling on this record. And there was a song called Dear Ben. So it was like the 2002 album was like very much about Ben Affleck. Mm. In this new follow-up album, which is also now about Ben Affleck, she said there will be a Dear Ben part two. Yes. In an interview with Zane Lowe, she said of her new album, we captured me at this moment in time when I was reunited with the love of my life and we decided we were going to be together forever. The whole message of the album then is this love exists. This is a real love. I think that the message of the album is very much that if you are wondering if you have, like me, at times lost hope, almost given up, don't. Because true love does exist and some things do last forever and that's real. Yes. Now, she has said that she was very vulnerable on this new album. She said... I want to put that message out into the world that it does take a lot of vulnerability, but I couldn't stop myself and some parts of it scare me. And I think some parts of it scare Ben too. He's like, oh, do you really have to say all that stuff? And I'm like, I don't know how else to do it, baby. <laughs> That's how I imagine saying it. How would you say that from J-Lo? What, what is it? I don't know how. It I don't know how else to do it, baby. I don't know how else to do it, baby. <laughs> Pretty good, Annabelle hey? Lee. I'll give it one crack. Okay. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. I don't know how else to do it, baby. No. That's that Michelle that Andrews. Just Michelle with like a twang. <laughs> Annabelle wins. Yeah. Well done. We need to tell everyone that when you actually read that out to me yesterday, Zara, you gave it like a southern bell. Like, <laughs> I don't know how else to do, do it, baby. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think she's southern at all. <laughs> 
Now, she also spoke of the breakup. She said, once we called off that wedding 20 years ago, it was the biggest heartbreak of my life and I honestly felt like I was going to die. It sent me on a spiral for the next 18 years where I just couldn't get it right, couldn't get it right. But now, 20 years later, it does have a happy ending. It has the most would never happen in Hollywood ending. That would never happen. We're not going to write that because nobody would believe it. Ending. How do we feel about the album? I think I feel similarly to this. As about to how we feel about, about Pete and M. M. That's exactly how I feel. I don't feel as angry and I need to know why. I don't feel angry. I, feel I don't feel angry at all. I just find it the least subtle thing in the world. It's yeah. the least subtle thing. And I truly think if you need to prove your love and shout from the rooftops about your love in such a commercial way, it makes me believe it a little less. I've never thought that this marriage will last till death do they part, truthfully. Uh. It just wouldn't surprise me if this was a sharp rise and a sharp fall again. I don't love it. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just a killjoy today. No, no, I'm feeling killjoy too. Because I, I wanted to talk about this story because I was like, why does everything... Like, it does make me believe the relationship less if you're now putting out an album 20 years later that's like a reunion album with him because your album was similar 20 years ago. Mm. I don't know. I'm not really about it. But if people can also vote on your Say Friday. Are we just feeling remarkably cynical today? Annabelle, are you cynical? I feel like this feels like a parody of some sort. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I feel cynical, but maybe not as strongly as you guys. I don't really care that much. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> to be honest, that's pretty healthy. Yeah. Hmm. You've got mail. Yes. Those are very powerful words. Alrighty, it is time for our first mailbag of a while. Annabelle Lee, take it away. I am taking away now. <laughs> this one reads. Take it away. Taking it away. <laughs> Hi, girls. I appreciate this is a bit of a niche one, but I'm not sure where else to turn. One of my oldest friends, Sasha, has recently gone through an awful breakup with her long-term boyfriend, Alistair. They were together for five years, and until last month, my entire friendship group kind of considered them to be the perfect couple. My partner and I were particularly close couple friends with them. We'd go on double dates all the time, and my partner really grew fond of Alistair over the years. We'd even travelled together. Here's where it gets complicated, though. It turns out Alistair had been emotionally cheating on Sasha with a girl from work for about six weeks. To his credit, he came clean about the whole thing to Sasha and tried to own it. He knows he really fucked up and did the wrong thing by her. When this all came out last month, my entire group told Sasha we supported her no matter what decision she made, to stay with him and work it out, or to leave the relationship for good. She chose the latter, which is obviously fine. All the girls really made an effort to rally around her and pick her up off the floor because we knew she was hurting. What hasn't been fine, in my opinion, is the way she's navigated it all online. After the dust settled, she started posting snarky TikTok videos about the breakup. (laughs) At first, they were a little obscure, alluding to her going through a bad breakup, healing after cheating, that kind of thing. This week, they've completely ramped up, though. Now she's essentially posting TikToks that are easily identifiable back to Alistair and are getting messier and messier. One even included a screenshot of their texts shared without his consent. What's worse is the videos are taking off. One has over 500,000 views. Oh God. I can't help but judge her more than him now. Like, why is she leaning into this attention-seeking behaviour? Is this some sort of internalised misogyny within me? Does this say something about her, that this is how she's handling it all? Or something about me, that I'm struggling with it all so deeply? Any words of wisdom are so appreciated. Well, what a dilemma. It's niche, but in a way, I feel like it's very 2022 to be cheated on. 
and turn that into TikTok content. I feel like that's half of my For You page. I agree with that. And I think what's interesting is I feel maybe differently about the people that I see on my TikTok For You page than maybe I'd feel if it was my friends doing it. Yes. If I see a video on my For You page where someone's like screenshotting messages from their ex or like something like that, I'm like all in watching it. Go like girl. it's yeah. juicy and I'm interested. But if I knew the person, I'd have to be self-aware enough right now to acknowledge the fact that, yeah, I think I would find it troubling and I need to unpack that within myself well I think this is also really complicated because the girl who's written in or the woman who's written in hasn't given us her name so let's call her Sarah Sarah is friends with both Sasha and Alistair so like she's seeing the pain on both sides she's seen how Sasha has been hurt by the emotional cheating she's almost definitely seen how Alistair is being affected by these TikToks that are going out to half a million people or being seen by half a million people it's complicated when you kind of have loyalties on both sides but I agree with you even if I think I didn't know the male partner or if I wasn't in his life or wasn't friends with him I would find it conflicting to see my friend behave in this way because I think maybe motivation would become a central question for me to be like why are you posting this stuff are you posting it because you're angry and you need to let that out and you need to find an avenue to kind of channel that anger are you posting this because you really want to connect with other people who have been through the same thing online Or are you posting this because you're vengeful and you want to fuck up someone's life? Because truthfully, having some viral TikToks is a way to fuck up someone's life quite badly in 2022. Perhaps playing devil's advocate, do you think Sasha would not argue that he fucked up her life? I think it's all about how big you consider both crimes, right? Because I think emotionally cheating is dodgy, but I I do respect somebody for laying it all out as soon as it happens and being honest and upfront. I think often the greatest crime we talk about is, well, maybe not the greatest crime, but a huge crime we talk about is when people do these things and then just don't tell the truth later. And then actively lie about it and try and still cover it up yeah. or still even add manipulation and deceit on top by masking the truth yeah, years after. Yeah, because I find those people very hard to trust. I think it's yes. got to be a question of trust. And yes, I mean, it's not the most trustworthy thing to do to kind of emotionally cheat with somebody from work, but at the very least, at least you can be self-aware about it and want to work through it with your partner. So do you consider that the greatest crime or is it a bigger crime to go out on TikTok and post to 500,000 people that this is what your ex did? Why do I feel like it's the TikTok? No, I think it's the TikTok. I think this set of facts, I think everything's nuanced, right? Like if she had written to us and it was a different story of cheating and the details were different, I would feel differently. Six weeks of emotional cheating where the partner goes to his girlfriend and says, I did this, I fucked up, I want to work through it with you. No, I don't think he's fucked up her life. Cheating's not good. I'm not going to go into the morality of like betraying your partner. But I actually think her behavior might be becoming worse. I don't think it was worse until this week. I think the stuff posting about going through a bad breakup, healing after cheating, that kind of stuff is one thing. I think if you're posting videos about your ex that can be traced back to him, that are sharing content without his consent, that are then going viral and you're leaning into that virality, leaning into that attention, dare I say, I actually think that's worse. I'm so, yeah. Is that controversial? I don't know because that's how I feel, but I worry that it is controversial. And I think for me, I need to deeply unpack some things within me because I have an instinct to say, why can't we go with Grace? You know, there's that TikTok trend at the moment, which is the Taylor Swift line, which is like, I didn't have it in my heart to go with Grace. Yes. And everyone's like talking about the fucked things they did when they didn't go with Grace. And I also find them funny, but I think in my personal life, I have such respect for dignity and Grace. And I don't want that to be confused with 
people being silent. And I don't want that to be confused with people being small or not taking up space. I think there's a way you can go with dignity and grace and still really stand up for yourself. I think both of those things can be true. I think they get confused very often where we say, if you're going with dignity, it means never speaking your mind ever. Do you agree with that? I agree with you. But then as you're saying that, I know I'm kind of trying to excavate my own feelings. Do I expect gracefulness of women more when than they a- go through shit like this more than I do of men? Do, no, I, do I, I see women as messier? And do I kind of judge their messiness more than I judge men in my life? No, I'm thinking of examples in my life. <laughs> I've seen a couple of men do some quirky things after quirky. breakups. And I'm like, that's embarrassing. Yeah. Like, I don't think for me it's actually gendered. I do In it. this specific breakup example of yeah. messiness. Yeah. Most of other things, so gendered. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad that you gave us both the green light. Then. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think going with grace is something that has definitely been imbued within me. I think maybe it's an upbringing thing as well. I also think it's very British. A lot of my family is British and I think that's a big British value to have grace and kind of go delicately with things like this. As you said, not be silent. Being subtle though, which seems to be the theme of the episode, going subtly about things, doing things subtly. But is that a problem? Like I'm actually now trying to work out because I still, it's one thing for me to say, this is what I value the most. And it's another thing to say, is that actually kind of a problematic thing to value? Like Mm -hmm. I'm not going to like promise to change myself. Yeah. Mm. But I do think like the more you say it out loud, the more you're like, is that... I I don't know. Maybe there's a few things going on here because I agree. This woman, Sasha, is inflicting harm, which goes beyond just not going with Grace. Yeah. Right. But when we're talking about that post-breakup kind of thing, I'm trying to work out, did I go with Grace after my breakups? Well, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Question marks. Uh, I I definitely haven't gone with Grace in the past. I think particularly when I was younger, to be honest, even after friendship breakups, I did not go with Grace in the past. I think it's definitely something you learn. No, actually, I think I definitely haven't gone with Grace in no, the past. No, neither. Yeah. And maybe that's why we don't like seeing <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're just seeing ourselves. I I wonder if going with Grace in my mind is now tied with that mantra of be the bigger person. Well, it's, Like when you're fucked over, be the bigger person despite everything. It's, it's a tricky one. Well, it's like the Michelle Obama when they go low, we go high, right? It's like the ultimate example of that. And I was reading some stuff from her yesterday because I wanted to get her to extrapolate on that a little bit more. I read a quote of hers where she said, going high doesn't mean that you don't feel the hurt or that you're not entitled to an emotion. It means that your response has to reflect the solution. It shouldn't come from a place of anger or vengefulness. Barack and I had to figure that out. Anger may feel good in the moment, but it's not going to move the ball forward. Mm. I mean, I wonder what people think about that. I know that my psychologist might disagree because she says I don't feel enough anger. (laughs) (laughs) a bit more of that anger to move the ball forward but I think generally I understand what she's saying is to kind of where you can zero in on being like what is the solution here and what are my motivating emotions making these TikToks because it it is anger but then is that the worst thing in the world I don't know and then also do we have dare I say a grace period for the person who's been wrong so in this case Sasha Do we give her like a green light period where she can act out and can behave in ways that maybe aren't the most becoming or aren't the most... Oh, nice. Did you see what you just did? (laughs) Aren't the most becoming. becoming. That's Michelle Obama's book name. Oh. Yeah. I would not have gotten that information for like seven hours. No, but do we give her like two weeks to four weeks where she's been cheated on, she's going to behave irrationally, she's going to lash out on social media and we give her a green light for that? I think we should because I've seen people in my life be cheated on. And truthfully, even being their close friend, I've wanted to like slash the guy's tires or like egg his house. Like I've had levels of rage within me seeing that happen to my friends where I would have behaved. I didn't do any of those things, but I was tempted to. 
Do we like give them that grace period? Maybe Sasha gets four weeks of having shitty TikToks go up. Even that said though, I don't think you should ever be posting screenshots of messages from people without their consent. I think that is an uncrossable line yeah. that she has crossed that I can't give a green light to. Especially I think when she's making him so easily identifiable to so many people. That is pretty hard to come back from. It's beyond just hurting one person. It's like it's hurting one person in front of hundreds of thousands of others. Yeah, the more I talk about this, the more I do think Sasha's the villain. Sorry. I, Annabelle? I agree. I think the details where Alistair becomes identifiable, that just feels unfair fairly targeted and not very productive whereas like the general talking about breakups I think she has every right to do that yeah I agree with that yeah like memes about cheating and healing and all of those kinds of things go feel like talk about your experience talk about your experience but as soon as you talk about the other person and you make it traceable back to them as an individual you have one person fighting a wave of 500,000 and that's just never fair and I think that what Sorry, I know we're like going around in circles here, but I also think the other thing that we kind of touched on at the very start of this conversation is about motivations. Like, are you trying to connect with people? And I think a lot of people who are posting these angry TikToks would say, I'm doing it to help people or I'm doing it to connect with people. And I don't know if I always agree with that. Mm. I think, yes, it's probably a way occasionally for you to connect, but I don't know if you're necessarily helping people and I think motivation is an important question here because if you are wanting to tell a story like I think there is a world right one day where Sasha can go out and tell this story from her perspective in a way that actually does help people in a way that kind of anonymizes him and things like that and that does deeply connect with people and does help them I'm not sure sending out rushed angry TikToks to 500,000 people is the answer no I agree with you guys I cannot wait to hear your thoughts on your so Friday how important is grace in a situation like this would you judge your friend if she was posting on social media this way would you be the one to post on social media this way or have you already and then do you regret it or is it the best thing you ever did yeah i can't wait to hear what you guys think that is all we've got time for now if you want to support the show you know where we are come and click follow on spotify or apple or wherever you get your podcasts we are also on instagram at shameless podcast and tiktok at shameless underscore podcast Annabelle Lee, anything to add? Delighted to have you back, Yay! Michelle. What a fun little app. What a wonderful app. Thank you so much, guys. We will be back in your ears on Monday. Bye. Oh, for, a, for a scandal that I picked and Michelle doesn't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> a horsey little scandal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>